Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. We are back and we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. On deck this week, we have UFC Wichita. Our main event is Junior Dos Santos taking on the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. I am your host of Fight IQ, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. Here, as always, with the co-host and analyst, Joe Sunsu, Chris from Rotowire, also known as at Real Chris Olsen. Guys, a really kind of interesting week in terms of pricing because a lot of close pick and fights, and you got somebody who's in the minus 200 range up at 9,400. So how is this going to set up in terms of DraftKings? We'll start with you, Chris. Yeah, I actually see um, a few exploitable matchups um, this week. I think a couple of those fighters fit well into uh, a price range. If you're, if you're looking to save, there's a couple of fighters, um, like you said, in the 8,000 range where you kind of have to pick a side on, but uh, – I think I'm I'm fairly solid on my sides in most of those scenarios, so I'm looking forward to a a, a good solid card and something to sink my teeth into. Joe, I know you've been busy this week, but you got enough research in. Wow, yeah. Um, first, I'd like to just briefly touch upon last week. Um, one of us had several hot picks that actually crushed it. Hot takes. Uh, Diego Sanchez inside the distance cashed at plus nine hundred. There you go. Um, and and Chieson outscored John Jones. Um, and we oh, had our, that one. Yeah, and yeah. we had our our rotor wire uh, Cirrus XM debut. Now we are trying to find the clip for that. Uh, it, apparently, it's not all that easy to get a clip from uh, Cirrus XM. But uh, I think it went pretty well for those of you that listened. I, I got some good feedback. I appreciate it. Um, you know, Sean or Chris is going to be next up for that um so we look forward to that um love to i even you know pitched our 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 bosses at rotowire like i like give us the worst time like possibly available and you know like like midnight or i know sean might have some issues with that but give us like the worst times possibly available and i'd I'd make it work on a friday yeah yeah and like let us let us fill up 30 minutes to an hour we'll we'll have a call-in feature it'd be really cool so Can, can can chris do a half hour I don't yeah. know. Right. I don't we, know. We have a hard time trimming to an hour, which, by the way, guys, we are going to keep this one a little bit short. Yeah, we are. We are. We are running late, and I, of course, this is a week. I'm in the process of packing up two houses to start construction okay, and all that fun jump stuff. Into the fights, so man. let's, let's jump, jump in. into. But I do want. I real quick, just because you mentioned mentioned it, 
So the next two pay-per-views for series 236, Holloway versus Poirier 2. What's after that? Anybody know? 237 is, where is that? Where's 237? Is that Brazil? Oh, yeah, 238. What happened? 237, to be determined, Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. Yeah, 237 is Brazil. Yeah, I, I, am, I am strongly considering going to that Atlanta card. You know, our good friend Mark Matheson is down there. We also have, um, you know, Dan Levy and Shaq. And I actually owe Dan some some meals from my my early naive days of MMA gambling. So I may actually make an effort to go down to see that card. All right. Uh, before we get started, actually two things before we get started. One, you got called out in chat. One of the hot takes in chat that our friend Otto was yelling and screaming about also cashed and Hannah Cyphers. Cyphers, By yeah. the way, I saw broke her arm in that fight. Did she break her arm? She was, yep. She broke her arm in the first round, posted pictures, Paige Van Zandt style from the hospital. Today. She is tough, that girl. I mean, and I, I actually played her in cash, and yet this was enough, two weeks in a row. I go five and one in cash and lose the majority of my cash. High scoring, had to have Usman. I know. Anyway, before we get started, Fight IQ brought to you by Rotowire. Go to rotowire.com slash free, 10 day free trial to all their premium content. No credit card required. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe here on YouTube. Record these Fridays around 8 o'clock. If you're listening after the fact on iTunes, make sure and jump in the YouTube chat. Even if you're on YouTube or your YouTube listener, please subscribe on iTunes. Appreciate it. It's Rotowire MMA. Let's jump into the fights. First fight of the night, Alex White, 8,600, taking on Dan Moret at 7,600. White is the favorite, minus 140. Come back on Moret is plus 130. Moret going to be a popular underdog. I like him here as well. Alex White can't grapple. Moret can, can grapple. Look decent again against Gilbert Mourinho, Dorino Burns. I like Moret as a dog on this card where I do like several dogs. Joe, how about for you? Yeah, I mean, I have very few rules in life, and one of them is not to select anyone to represent me in any way who's ever on purpose consumed gasoline. So that is the reason why I am not on um, Alex White here. Um, I, in all seriousness, um, Moret got nuked by Burns, but he actually, I don't know how I could say this when it doesn't come out. I mean, he, he showed some glimpses, um, in the first round. Uh, I like him here. I think Alex White is, I, I, it's hard for me to imagine that he's been in the UFC as long as he has. Um, I'm going to go with the dog here. It's not a super confident pick, but. Uh, and and in a card where we seemingly have a number of dogs that um, maybe make a bit more sense, I, I'm not endorsing a play on him, but I, I am going to pick him uh, to win this fight. And I'm going to have very little of Alex White in my mass entry DK lineups. Great. Chris. Chris, you might uh, be on mute. Yeah, I'm here. I'm okay. here. I just uh, wanted to pull the chat up. All right. But, uh, yeah, I think I'm uh, going with Moretto. Um I agree uh, with Joe's assessment about that Burns fight. He actually um, hurt Gilbert Burns in that fight with, with a counter overhand, which is um, uh, uh, Gilbert Burns started to panic wrestle, and he's just a much stronger than uh, Moret. So he was able to work him over there, and in the second uh, round he found his um, his kill shot. But I, I like Moret as kind of just a a come-forward striker who can counterpunch a little bit. And we all, we know he's um, a, a, a proficient grappler. We've seen Alex White get out grappled before. Um, we saw um, James Krause have some success with those takedowns. I think Moret is um, is live to a submission here, and I also wouldn't be surprised if he stung him on the feet a time or two. So yeah, he should be a popular dog, as you said. But he's one I'm looking at pretty closely this week as well. All right, next up, Alex Morono taking on Zach Otto. Morono's 9,100. Otto is 7,100. Morono's the favorite, minus 175. Zach Otto, plus 165. Guys, I got to say, good job. I love the pacing so far. Let's keep it going ESPN Plus style. And I'll keep the train going by saying Zach Otto is terrible. He's a low-volume strike who once scored 42 points in a win. I will never roster him. I don't care how cheap he is. If he beats me, he beats me. Morono is dangerous, explosive. GPP only, though, because he's not high volume. He just can get a finish here. I think he's better on the ground, has more power on the feet. Otto, probably a little more technical, but I like Morono. He's the only one with upside in this matchup for me. Chris? Uh, yeah, I actually like uh, Zach Otto a little bit here. You're, how? How is he going to score? I think, I think the reason is, um, look, um, you know, he's a good wrestler. We've seen um, – Well, time. 
I know okay. where I've been facing. He was he had problems grappling with Sage Northcutt. Get out of here. He didn't have what he, he didn't have problems. He just he's not a good defensive wrestler. I never said that. He's an he's an act. He's a he's a guy who can get takedowns. Get, let's say that can he's not going to want to go to the ground with um with uh, Morono. I think he'll get his neck taken. Okay, well, be as it may, I think that he's a guy who can look for takedowns here, and I think on the feet, he's a good enough boxer to wear Morono, who's a guy who just wants to, who can just like stick himself in the corner and wants to just have a slow kickboxing match. I think that's the kind of a fight where Otto can win, um, just by virtue of being more technical. Morono kind of just wants to uh, it, uh, stand in there and, and throw counter bombs, uh, which I'm not sure is going to have that much success. The one thing I will say. Um, about Otto that makes me a little nervous is we've seen him react very badly to getting hit um, in his uh, his last fight um, that should have probably been a loss against the Contender Series alum whose name escapes me now. Um, I think it was Dwight Grant, and that should have been a loss 10 times over. Uh, yes, Dwight Grant. So that kind of spooks me a little bit. But overall, I just don't know that uh, Morono is active enough on the feet, and um, he certainly doesn't use any – any wrestling hardly, despite being a um, a, a jujitsu black belt. So I think the only way this goes to the ground is if um, is if Otto wants it there. And on the feet, like I said, a slow-paced kickboxing match where you have um, Otto as a reasonably technical striker, I think he can get this done. So I'm going to put a pretty faint faint praise, a faint lean on the dog here, but I'm not going to have much Marone. I think that was way too generous. And you're getting lit up in chat, so I enjoy it. Uh, Joe? Yeah, I, I would, if anybody knows, I would love for someone to tell me where Otto got his belt. Um, I've been down on, on Otto ever since he just shit the bed against Sage Norcott. I mean, the fact that, you know, he could not finish him um, and actually let Sage come back and nuke him uh, really put me down on Zach Otto. He's a low-output fighter. Um, Murano, on the other hand, is, look, I don't want a lot of this fight for DK, but... Murano was coming off a fight of the night victory as a dog against Song Kanan. But yes, that was the fight of the night against Song Kanan. So he shows at least he has it in him to put on an exciting fight. Um, he was in a fun fight with um, Nico Price, too. Yeah, that was a good fight, Price. too. They, yeah, they hurt each other. That was a good fight, too. So, look, I, I like Murano to win a fair bit over Otto. I just don't know if at the price point he's going to get what he needs or what you're going to need um, for him in DK. So I don't want a lot of this fight in DK, but I am decisively picking Alex Morano to win this fight. All right, guys, here comes one of the spots. I'm a little scared of how much I like it because I've been burned before and I'm going to yeah. keep going back there. I think you and I are the same on this one. Luis Smoke at 8,300, taking on Matt Danger Snell at 7,900. Smoke a minus 120, Schnell plus 110. The line keeps getting closer. It's getting to the point where I might actually have a bet on Luis Smoke. In fact, at minus 120, I think I might make that here while you guys are talking. I think he can out-grapple uh, Schnell. I think he's better on the ground. I think Schnell gets too comfortable off his back. Schnell is live to his submission, has subs on his record, is a good submission artist, but it's not going to win, win rounds that way. I don't think he catches Smolka. Schnell probably the better striker because Smolka just rushes in and closes range, but Schnell's got no chin. He got knocked out from a small hammer fist from Hector Sandoval. So I think Smolka's incredibly live. I don't like how much I like this fight. I just don't rate Schnell very highly. I'm hoping Smolka's over his outside the cage issues. Give me Smolka. Joe? Yeah, I mean, uh, look, I like that Schnell has moved out of his no-name camp in Louisiana to ATT. Um, I'm just not ready to endorse him based on a split decision win uh, of a, a newcomer in the UFC, Ione. Ione. Um, he has lost to anybody who's halfway decent that he's faced. Um, Smoka's pedigree is so much better. Um, you know, and I think if Schnell takes it to the ground, like that would make me love Smoka all that much more. I, I think his one path to victory is to keep this fight standing. Um, you know, uh, Smoka's got speed. I like that he turned his life around. He's at Team Oyama, moved from Hawaii to Orange County, liked what I saw. Look, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a super tough opponent, but to get his feet back wet into the UFC. I think he showed enough. Um, I like him here a fair amount. I think he he's one of my better, or should say favorite plays on the card. I like his salary. Um, I think he could score a lot of points. Um, I would have a taste of Schnell in uh, GPPs, 
But uh, I am uh, all the way uh, Luis Smoka here. Chris. Uh, so this is a fun one because I haven't had like one of these real contrarian uh, weeks in a while. So I, uh, I'm i taking Schnell here. And I think the reason is uh, Joe alluded to it. And you, and you said a little bit also, Sean, is that I, I think I think Schnell is 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 a significantly better striker. I think he's 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 um, fairly quick. I think he throws in combination well. He can counter strike a little bit. Um, he can wrestle a little bit, but I would I would tend to agree that he probably doesn't want this fight to the ground. The reason why I can't trust Smolka, and I know that because going into into that fight with uh, Sumardij, um, what we said was, boy, if only Smolka would wrestle more, and then he wrestled the entire fight. So uh, that was good. But the thing that um, bothers me about it is um, the second round, he was actually getting lit up with strikes just because he was so intent on closing closing the distance. Now, eventually, he did close the distance and get a takedown, but I just don't like the fact that maybe he's going to just wade carelessly um, into the pocket looking for takedowns here. I think a guy like Schnell is is too good of a striker to uh, to do that against, and so it worries me. I, I think that... Um, I don't know. Maybe he goes back to just his all wrestling style. As long as it's on the feet, I do think he um, uh, runs the risk of getting tagged up. Um, I think Chanel has enough off his back to maybe not get a sub, but at least keep himself safe. I don't. I don't think. Um, I don't think Schmoke necessarily dominates him there. And just overall, I I, I think that Schmoke. Smoke might be smoke and mirrors from the last fight. So, well, let me let me ask you what what are you basing Schnell's striking acumen on? Like his fight against who? Uh, just like, what I've seen. Uh, like uh, like against like like a like against guys that are no longer in the UFC. No, the, I mean, the, do you forget that the fight against Inoue, everyone expected him to lose that fight? He wasn't that big an underdog. I mean, well, and that, saying, that was a, that was a UFC newcomer. Are, I'm saying as far as the public goes, everyone expected him to lose that fight. As a UFC newcomer, though. I mean, really, who was he fought? Yeah, but, yeah, but that's, yeah, but that's, but that's, you know. I, I get it. I will, I will just warn you, Chris, this fight plays out at range. The only one who I think is getting a knockout here is Smolko because Schnell is no chin and they are 125ers. 135. Oh, 135 now. There's a bantamweight. And that's the other reason why I like Smolka not having to cut that extra 10 that's, pounds. That's another thing. Like, like that was weird. He had just gotten slammed on his head. I, I mean, I don't know. That was weird. I'm not. I'm not ready to say that he's got no chin based on that. But that, that's. Let's let's move on here. Jeff Hughes, ninety three hundred. Maurice Green, sixty nine hundred. Jeff Hughes minus two twenty five. Come back on Green is plus two hundred five. We saw this fight less than a year ago in LFA. Hughes dominated over five rounds. Green had some submissions off his back, which is weird for heavyweight, but he has them. Hughes, good ground and pound. Just, I think, dominant on top is going to grind up Maurice Green. The problem is the price tag here, but again, I think I, I just, we saw this fight less than a year ago, and I know I've said a lot of times rematches don't play out the same way, but that fight went how a fight between these two should. I think Green is a GPP dart because they're heavyweight. I think Hughes is the better fighter and prospect, but these are two low-level fighters, so tread with caution. Joe, please tell. Please don't tell me you're picking Murray's screen. No, I mean, look, I, I don't understand. I don't understand the matchmaking here. Um, so not only did we see this fight, um, both fighters were coming off full camps. This is what a, a, a seven, eight day notice fight for Murray Screen, right? So I, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand the matchmaking. Uh, uh, he was supposed to fight, I believe, Spitz, um, and and something happened there, and Green's stepping in. So not only are we getting a fight that we've seen already where one guy decisively beat the other guy, but we've seen in the tough house of anybody who's watched tough green has got some habits that are, how can we say this unfighter? Like he smokes, he likes to drink excessively. Look, I'm not casting aspersions, but typically that is not something you would expect of athletes. And now we've got him coming off of a short, you know, with a short camp to take this fight against Stipe Mayochis' sparring partner here in, in Hughes. So one thing I didn't get to say in the beginning, I think this is an incredibly difficult week to put together a cash lineup just because I see so much variance. However, um, you could do a lot worse than putting Jeff Hughes at the top of any cash lineup that you're looking to create. Jeff Hughes wins it relatively easily. Chris, how about for you? Yeah, I... Um... 
I, I just I just don't see a, a lot of Maurice Green that tells me he can beat anybody except for like really low level fighters. He's just a very slow kickboxer um, who holds his chin up in the air. And even even that sub off his back against Batista was very slow. He missed it the first time. He had to redo it. Batista did nothing to defend. Like it was super slow motion triangle. It was. It was crazy. He's not gonna catch a ton of people with like that. So I um <laughs> I like that Sean had to come off mute just to add that. That was good. But um but yeah, I I, I mean of course he he can he can get a knockout. He's um live to that he's a powerful guy but but jeff uses i mean he's a come forward striker i think he's going to get in the pocket and put volume on uh, maurice green the same way he did in their first fight um he can wrestle a little bit too the the, the funny thing about a guy like you is if you look at his um at his uh, his resume he doesn't have a lot of stoppages which is kind of weird um for a big heavyweight but um i think he has like six decisions in in in, in uh, 10 wins or something like that 12 wins but um, so that could make his price tag a little prohibitive. But I do think that, and plus we've seen Mar uh, Maurice Green gas already um, in the tough house. So um, I um, I don't know. I'm taking use here. The price is like a little a little bit. I kind of want to stay away from it. But if that directs other people away, then that can be a, a good point. I think to get some scarcity because I actually like use quite a bit here. All right, Grant Dawson, 8,700, taking in Juli on Julian Arosa at 7,500. Dawson, minus 170. Arosa, plus 160. Our good friend, Brett Apley, had my favorite tweet of the week. It was about Juicy J, basically saying he's the great, a great combination of a guy who trusts his chin but doesn't have one. That's what he <laughs> is. Um, I, I really can't sum up Julian Arosa much better than that. Arosa, going to be the better striker, I would think, can get hit can get put out. Dawson, really good grappler, finishing machine on the regionals. Also, he's that age. He's Last time we saw him, he was 23. He's 25 now. It's been a little over a year and a half. These guys improve quick. I just This is a GPP fight. I like Dawson, his finishing ability. I don't rate Arosa really at all. Uh, so I'll take Dawson here in GPPs. Chris? Yeah, um, I've kind of moved towards like loving Dawson to kind of thinking he's going to win, but... Um, Thinking Eros is a little bit live, and I think the reason is you, you noted just how bad of a striker he is. I think they're both pretty bad strikers. Um, Dawson is a submission specialist. Um, once he gets the fight to the ground, he's in his world. He's good on. He can float on top. Um, he hunts for the submissions. He goes for the back. But um, I I just I just think that um, the only reason I, I can't say pick Erosa for the um, for the upset it's because i mean i like some things about him like i think his funky kind of movement could be okay to like you know evade some of the takedowns i mean uh erosa for all his um stoppage losses has never been subbed but um the thing is that um he doesn't have a plan as a striker either he kind of just wades into the pocket with his chin up and even for a guy who isn't a polished striker like grant he can get caught that way i mean i think they can kind of both catch each other but I just I just can't trust Erosa because at least it looks like that Grant Dawson has a plan for what he wants to do in the fight, that is take this to the ground. And Erosa doesn't have anything like that. I think he's just going to be flying by the seat of his pants until he gets knocked out or knocks the other the, his opponent out. So I'm going to take uh, Dawson here. But Dawson is such an unpolished striker, and um, Erosa's got some knockouts on his record. So that could happen. I mean, if you're taking a bunch of GPPs, Maybe a couple of shots, but overall, I, I just can't pick Julian Arosa to win a fight, so I'm not going to do it. Joe, how about for you? Well, so I happen to know the president of the uh, Juicy J fan club. Uh, his name is YC Lindsay on Twitter, and uh, he is—he saw all these girls wearing uh, shorts and and tops with Juicy. He thought they were all Arosa fans. Um, you know, so that's YC. Uh, he is the one guy that is steadfast backing. Juicy J here. Um, look, I think he's got a puncher's chance as much as anybody. Um, uh, this is a home fight, essentially, for for uh, Grant here. He is training at Glory um, in Kansas City um, with, uh, with uh, you know, that crew. Um, I, I wonder if he sparred with Megan Anderson. Um, in any case, um, you know, it's a local fight for him. I, my only concern here is Octagon Jitters. I think he could get the fight to the ground. Um, he is coming off a relatively long layoff, which concerned me. I couldn't figure out why. Apparently, 
Um, he tested positive for something, but um, disputed it. And after a lengthy fight, I think he won his appeal. Um, you know, he's a clean-cut religious kid. Um, believe it or not, he's 25 years old, and he's actually been fighting since 2012. He's got, like, an amateur. He's got 13 fights professional, and he's got, like, another, I want to say, six to seven to eight fights as an amateur. So even though Juicy J on paper has got more MMA fights, um, you know, this kid has been fighting for a long time. So um, I'm going to give him – I'm going to say he wins here. I, I you know, again, I would – be tempted to use him in cash if you're playing cash this week. So I am picking uh, the favorite here. All right, Yana Kuninskaya, 8,900. Taking on Marion Renault, 7,300. Kuninskaya, minus 180. Come back on Renault, plus 168. This is a spot that, um, again, I I like it a ton. And it's Yana Kuninskaya. I think she's stronger than Marion Renault, who's a 41-year-old gym teacher, part-time fighter, has gas tank issues. And wins her fights by catching people in the third round in submissions. Sarah McMahon in the second round. I think Kunitskaya is going to be is she is deceptively strong, better in the clinch. The one worry I have is how well does Kunitskaya score? Because if she decides to keep it in the clinch rather than takedowns, she won't score great. But everyone takes down Marion Renault. Um, Marion Renault has some good wins on her record. Like, you know Jessica Andrade back in the day, but she's just not there. Kunitskaya, good up and comer. I think the strength is going to be too much here as well as the takedowns. I hate fighters who fight off the back. So give me Yana Kunitskaya. Joe? Yeah, so I, I love Marion Renault. I mean, not in this fight, but I like her. I like what she's accomplished. Um, you know, I like the positive message that she's put out there. If her takedown defense wasn't so god-awful, um, I would be willing to give her more of a chance here. Um, my only concern, and, and you you kind of vetted it, Sean, is scoring. Like, I, I do believe that Koniskova will get the takedowns, what I'm less certain of is that she'll actually do advances and get other types of grappling points because there is some risk. And in, in once you get the takedown, you know, putting yourself in a bad position against a fighter who is very adept at, at working for submissions off her back. So I could certainly see some rinse and repeat takedowns. I just don't know if you're going to see other grappling points. And I don't know if there's going to be a lot of significant strikes. So while I pick Kuniskova, I don't know how I feel about this fight from a DraftKings perspective. I would have a few shares of each. Look, um, Renault's price is attractive. I mean, if she wins in any way, she's likely gonna 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 that's gonna be okay. Kuniskova, on the other hand, at eight point seven, is gonna need some points. I don't know that she's gonna finish Renault, um, but absent a finish, it's doubtful whether she's gonna earn what you need for a GPP. So I'm going to pick Yana here. Um, I just don't know. I wouldn't have a lot of shares of her in DK, though. Chris? Yeah, I, I think it's really hard. And I like Marion Renault, too. I, I think it's really hard to pick her after we just saw a big, strong grappler come in and take her down over and over and over again. Because that's pretty much what we have here. Yep. Um, uh, Renault didn't, didn't have nearly as much off her back against Kat Zingano as I thought she might. Um, she was pretty much just stuck, um, wherever Zingano wanted her. And I think, uh, Kuniskaya can do much the same thing. Kuniskaya also, um, has a kickboxing background. She's got a good kicking game at range. Um, I, I like Renault. She's a good, uh, she's a good fluid striker, but, um, I, I just don't think she has enough here. I, I think she's pretty safe. Um, you could be worrying about her scores, but I, I, I see a lot of takedowns here. I really do. So, I mean... That and a win, I think, could pile up. I think she's pretty safe, and I think I think ninety to ninety-five isn't out of the question. So, you know, I say go for it. Anthony Rocco Martin, ninety-two hundred, taking on Sergio Marais, seven thousand. Anthony Rocco Martin's minus two hundred. Sergio Marais plus one eighty-five. Look, we say this about all these. You said it about Yana Kunskaya. It's it's a theme up in this range. Even if you're picking these guys to win, not many people I think are going to score very highly. The mid-eight range is more attractive. But in this fight overall, I'm actually picking the dog straight up. I think if Martin wins, it's going to be a volume-based striking decision. You don't want to grapple with Sergio Marais. Marais is a little like Gilbert Burns in that because he has great BJJ, he doesn't have to worry about wrestling, and he just wings bombs. I think if his fight hits the ground, he'll get a sub, and on the feet, he's live to it to a finish. So either way, even if you're picking Martin, I don't know how he scores well, and Marais is live for GPPs and a punt play in cash. And ultimately, I actually think he's going to catch a submission in this one or land something big. I think Marais 
wins by finish. I'm going to have him in GPPs, but you don't really need a ton because you're not hurting for, you don't want to pay a ton of these pay-up options. So give me a rise here. Uh, Chris, start with you. Yeah, I, uh, I'm actually taking Martin here. I think that um, uh, he uses his length well enough to where, like, when Marais throws the big bombs like that, um, he could he could very well just be eating straight shots down the middle. I know that he, um, he, he, he likes to catch people with those awkward angles and things. We saw him do, do a really good job against uh, Tim Means, although, I mean, you know, there's an argument that he lost that fight. But uh, either way, you know, he hung in there with him, so good for him. I think I think Martin uses his length a little better uh, than Tim Means does. And I also think, look, um, Marais, I mean, just, just got knocked out. Well, not just, but got knocked out by uh, Usman. So I think Martin has got power in his hands, although we, have, we haven't seen him um, get stoppages by strikes in the UFC. That's true. But I do think he has power in his hands. He he uh, hurt Keita Nakamura in their fight. Um, I think that um, Marais's wildness is just going to hurt him here. And unless he gets it to the ground, which two things about that, one, he doesn't wrestle very often, and two, um, uh, Martin's got pretty good BJJ, not as good as Marais, I wouldn't imagine. But maybe he, he wants no part of the ground. Disagree. Well, well, anywhere near this, the ground I, is. I, that's no, no, no. I don't think he wants any part of the ground. I'm just saying he might have enough BJJ to keep himself safe. No, uh, if this fight hits the ground, I think he's done. Uh, well, Marais I mean, is, Marais is on a different level than 99 of the people. And he's won world, world championships. It could be. Well, no, I mean, well, I mean, I, I'm not saying that we haven't seen his uh, BJJ in the octagon because we have. But I mean, just just the fact that he's won world championships. I mean, we've seen that not not bear fruit um, in the UFC either. But be as it may, because we've already seen his. I'm just saying that he's not absolutely dead uh, when it hits the ground. I don't disagree. Think. Okay, uh, well, fair enough. You well, see. Um, could win this fight, but if he does, he spends less than 45 seconds on the ground. I agree. I think that he has to he has to get himself back to his feet. I'm saying that I think he might be able to do that. That's all I'm saying. But okay, okay, right. maybe. Does, disagree. That, does that pass? Maybe. All right. Well, that's I, all I wanted was a chance to speak to get past that sentence. Okay, so um, you've, you've gone on for a while about this fight. I let that go a while. I mean, are you? Are, am I ready to go yet? Or you need you need more time, Chris? Uh, no, I, I, that that's pretty much it. I think that. How Martin, are we gonna? How are we gonna get to an hour on serious? Well, uh, even a half hour, jeez. <laughs> Hey, you can't rush the process, guys. Yeah, yeah. okay. So um, first of all, for those of you who use Tapology to do your research, the, the camp for Tony Martin is wrong. He is, not, he is at ATT um, with his, his girlfriend, Kayla Harrison, judo gold medalist. Um, it has him at a different team on Tapology. Um, look, I, I have been on Tony Martin in several fights. The issue is he has not really been a great DraftKings fighter. Um, I... I think that Marias is the better DraftKings play here. Um, I just don't see, I mean, I don't think we've ever seen Tony Martin this high salary-wise uh, over his entire tenure on on, on DraftKings um, for his UFC fights. So I just don't know that he's that great a play for, I'm going to tentatively pick him to win, although I, I certainly see Sean's point. Um, I will have more shares of Marias. So I really want Marias to win. By the way, all Marias has done in the UFC is win. If you look at his record from 2012, he's eight and one. His one loss being to Kamara Usman since you know since uh, October 2012. So all this guy does is win. He's getting disrespected. This line is way, this line is way too wide. This should be much closer to a pick. There's recency bias on Tony Martin for finishing Jake Matthews. Um, I will God. I hate doing it. I'm going to pick Tony Martin to win, but I do think that Marias is the better DraftKings play, and I will have more shares of Marias. By the way, Martin needed that finisher. He was losing to Jake which Martin. Is, which is round. ridiculous. By that, that would have been the biggest robbery of all time. But anyway. No, no. Have you seen Marion yes, Renault yes. and, and what's-her-face? Um, Ashley Evans-Smith. That, that was the biggest robbery. <laughs> oh, my God. I was so pissed off. All right. Let's 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 move on here. Omari Akhmedov, 8,500, taking on Tim Boach. At 7,700. Akhmedov minus 145. Boach plus 135. This is a fight I've actually bounced back and forth on all week. I'm currently on Tim Boach. I, I just, this retirement talk of his and his home business, training out of his house, really is unsettling. But he's the bigger guy. 
good submissions. I think he actually, despite coming down from, you know, he used to fight at 205, Akhmedov coming up from 170. He actually, I think he moves better than Akhmedov, who's very stationary. If I, I think he'll be better on the feet. And if, if Akhmedov, the way he, the way he shoots for takedowns or looks for takedowns in that clinch, man, that 10-finger guillotine of Tim Boach is nasty. And I just, I like Boach all around here. Just, I'm, it's not super confident because of some of those intangibles. And Akhmedov is clearly the younger fighter. So give me Boach, but I'm not super confident here. Joe, you got any a confident pick in this fight? It's not confident, but I'm going to go the other way. I mean, um, I've heard I heard the term today relative to Boach, and I'll give the bloody elbow. I believe it was Victor Martinez at bloody elbow. Redneck judo. <laughs> that uh, Tim Boach practices like, look, I, I, it's hard for me to get behind a guy who's half out the door. Um, you know, he's got his little shaved ice business, which – I guess, you know, right now, if you're in the Midwest, you're probably not selling much shaved ice. But, um, you know, I'm sure he does his business during the summer. But you got, you know, one foot out the door. I like that, um, you know, Akhmedov moved up to middleweight, um, you know, his last few fights. He was um, getting, he was a massive, you know, welterweight. I do like his win over uh, Rakasan. Um, you know, I, I don't have a super strong take on this fight. And, you know, I could see Akhmadov getting boshed. Um, you know, like his gas tank has not been the best. I could see a late round getting caught by something, but I'm going to slightly lean towards Akhmadov here. Chris? Yeah, um, I'm going to slightly lean Bosch, so I guess we're all kind of in the same boat. Um, the thing about um, Akhmadov is he just likes to plant his feet and just – throw absolute bombs and see if he can catch you. And uh, Bosch, believe it or not, is actually a pretty decent counterpuncher. Um, I, I expect that – that uh, or I wouldn't say expect, but I wouldn't say it's out of the question to uh, for uh, Bosch to, to catch him uh, with a check hook or something. And I just I think that Bosch is um, – is is actually adding new things to his game, which is which is sort of weird. Doesn't really dovetail with uh, you know some of the halfway out the door uh, stuff. But uh, we saw we've seen him use uh, kicks and keep his range a lot better in uh, his recent fights. Specifically using that teep to the body, uh, which was really nice in the Johnny Hendricks fight. Um, the problem with Boch is that anyone who's tried to take him down basically has. So. Um, uh, it's 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 sort of tough from that perspective. Um, I think both guys are are alive to hit takedowns in this fight. Um, ultimately, I'm picking Bosch just because I think he's the better put together striker, and I think he has more of a plan than just you know bite down on the mouthpiece and and wing bombs. And like I said, I, I think the counter striking could come into play, so I'm picking Bosch. All right, Benil Dariush, nine thousand, taking on Drew Dober at seventy two hundred. Dariush minus 190. Come back on Dober plus 175. Dober's been around a surprisingly long time. Good pro. Hits really hard for the division. Has a little bit of grappling. I think overall he's underrated. The problem is Benil Dariush, if he's not shot, is a top 10 fighter. So I'm devastatingly knocked out against um, Edson Barbosa. Then a draw against Evan Dunham. Uh, his last fight, close to distance, smothered the guy, which should be his... Um, plan here against Dober. I think Dober's a little better than than his last opponent. Oh, Darius should win this fight, but I'm going to have some some shares of both sides because Darius will be better on the ground, but Dober I think is underrated, and I think I'm going to get a little bit of ownership leverage on Dober, not even having to own him that much, unless everyone thinks that Darius is shot, which he could be. He was also knocked out by Alexander Hernandez. Picking the fight, I have to go Dariush because I think he is going to smother pressure and grind Drew Dober and probably not score that great, but I want a little sprinkle of each side in GPP. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you for this fight. Yeah, um, it kind of depends on uh, on what kind of Dariush we're going to get. If we're going to get the, the wrestler who just came in and and stormed, um, uh, who was that? The, the w Santos? I think his name was Santos uh, in his last fight. Oh, Darius? Yeah, who did Darius fight? Moises. 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 Tiago, Tiago Moises, that's it. I confused the names a little bit. But, uh, yeah, so if we get that guy, I think Dober might be in a bit more trouble because we've seen um, Dober can be taken down. I, I like Dober uh, more on the feet. I think he, he bounces around a little bit more. He's got better movement. Um, Darius is sort of just a, 
a pressuring flat-footed striker. And I think Dober's a pretty good counter-striker. I think he's got a really nice kicking game. Uh, body kick, le- body kicks, leg kicks. I think he, he hits hard. Um, I do like the pressuring aspect of Dariush. Um, and that and the grappling, wrestling, I think is enough to sway this towards Dariush ultimately. But I think... Um, I think just just as as the better striker who I think probably hits a little harder, um, I think uh, Dober is also live in GPP. Joe, so give, given that we're we're here to educate and not just pick fights, um, I have a I have a process that I go through where as soon as salaries drop, um, usually on Tuesdays for DK, um, I immediately put a lineup together, and then I save that lineup and I see how my thoughts progress over the course of the week. So. The lineup that I put together shortly after salaries dropped, before I did any hardcore research, had Drew Dober in it. And then I went and I started to do some research, and I I looked at, yes, Drew Dober has got a mini winning streak. Unfortunately, it's not against really good fighters. Um, On the other hand, Benny was essentially given a gift by the UFC, uh, a a promotional debut, someone coming off of a Dana White Contender Series win. Um, I was on Benny when everybody was picking Vic to beat him. Um, I was on Benny there. I was on Benny in his next fight. I think I even gave Benny a shot against Barbosa. Um, I picked when, him against Barbosa. When, good uh, for a round. Yeah, he looked good for a round striking, which was like, okay, that was the worst thing that could have happened to Benny because what he should have done is tried to get that fight to the ground because that is where Barbosa can be beat. We saw Kevin Lee do it. But anyway, you know, he got a gift his last fight. So my concern is. One, the, the inferior quality of the competition that, um, you know, that Dober's been facing. Um, you know, Benny, you know, one of the critiques on him was that he was opening up his own gym. He's the, you know, the BJJ coach at, um, you know, at Kings. Um, you know, he's got a lot of different things going. I think on paper, um, this has got to be a fight for Benny to win here. Um, while Dober can strike with volume, he really doesn't have a ton of power. Um, you know, he's more of a, a, a striker, a volume striker versus a power striker. So, yes, he's knocked a few guys out over the course of his career, but he's not that big one-punch power guy. So, you know, I'm going to have to go Benny here. I will have some shares of Dober. I, I'm not crazy about the price on Benny, which is why I think Dober might get some ownership and why it's worth taking a punt on him in GPPs. But I'm going to pick Benny for the win. Uh, question from chat, one word answer from you guys. Don't go longer than one word. Who would you rather be more overweight on, Dawson or Dariush? I'm Dawson. Chris? Dawson. Dawson. All right, there you go. Clean, clean sweep, Otto. Blagoy Ivanov, 8,400, taking on Ben Rothwell at 7,800. Ivanov, minus 110. Rothwell, plus 100. Line is closing. I bet this at a good point because, guys, if, if we weren't short on time for myself this week, um, I would could go on a whole diatribe of how I think Blagoy Ivanov is horrendous. He is so bad. Uh, Rothwell, we haven't seen him in three years, and I'll still take plus money. Um, over, he should... Blagoy is just no volume, one 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 shot at a time. has has a sambo background, doesn't really use. Rothwell is bigger, stronger. Blagoy is undersized heavyweight. I, I won't go as long because I, I do want to keep these condensed. But Rothwell's better everywhere. The fact that they're heavyweights is the only thing that makes me want to not play it in cash. But Blagoy really going to finish him? And the, the three year layup of Rothwell. That's my only concern. And all you know coming down from. You know, he the reason he was off steroids and he, he had TRT um, replacement therapy for a while. It's, is he going to be shot? And he might be. I'll still take a shot at seventy eight hundred, Joe. So, as bad as you believe Ivanov to be, um, signing with the UFC likely cost this guy a million dollars. And I will yes. elaborate. Um, he was the so, World Series of PFL. Fighting, yeah, PFL, but he was the World Series of Fighting champion at heavyweight. There's no doubt in my mind that he could beat either of the two guys that fought for the for the million dollars at heavyweight. So talk about just bad luck. Like, guess what? You got signed by the UFC. Um, you got to f- debut against uh, Junior Dos Santos in a five-round snooze fest, of which I tied for first in the $10 by Junior not scoring 92 points in that fight. Um, 
So, yeah, I mean, tough guy, got stabbed in the heart, claimed to fame as he beat, uh, he beat Fedor in, in a combat sambo um, contest. Tough guy, very tough guy. Um, with that said, I, you know, if Rothwell has got any, uh, he was on quite the run before he ran into JDS. And I was, I actually bet Ben to beat JDS um, in that fight. And he just did not look great in that fight. I think, I think that was in Serbia or Yugoslavia, some place like that um, where they had that fight. Um, and he just did not look great. I I'm with you, Sean. I'm, I'm very surprised about this line. It just didn't make any sense to me with that said. I don't think that there's going to be, I don't think it's a great big secret. And I think Rothwell is going to be very, very highly owned. I mean, he might be the most highly owned guy under 8K. Um, so for what that's worth, I, I'm still picking Ben Rothwell. I will have a contrarian share of Ivanov, but Ben Rothwell. Chris, we haven't seen Rothwell in three years. Please don't overanalyze this fight game. Please okay, give us a breakdown. Well, here's Here's what I well no I um I I agree with you actually I I think um look I said I said into his fight with JDS that um he he just like he just goes wherever his opponent wants him to go and with in the case of JDS and Ben Rothwell that means he's gonna get stuck up against the fence again um, Ben Rothwell I mean he doesn't have much in the way of footwork which is why he wasn't able to trap JDS um, the way that uh, Stipe and some others have. But what he does do is um, he basically just sticks you up against uh, the fence and looks for a shot, looks to um, make it dirty, looks to um, get those uppercuts in, in the clinch. And Ivanov just doesn't do enough. Like he he'll look for a big counter off off the fence, and maybe he'll maybe he'll connect with Rothwell. Rothwell just sort of has a weird guard where he sticks his hands out in front of his face. He's kind of open for shots, so maybe he connects. But um, I'm not going to bank on that. Uh, I just think um, Rothwell is going to control most of this fight, and I think eventually he's going to get a stoppage. All right, let's let's move on here. We got Tim Means eighty eight hundred taking on Nico Price at seventy four hundred. Tim Means minus one eighty five. Nico Price one seventy. Nico Price has some knockout power. Tim Means the overall better striker, in my opinion, better movement. It's it's, I think Means should win this fight pretty much everywhere it goes and relatively safe cash play if you can afford him in that range. But Price has got GPP upside because we've seen if he wins, it's probably by finish. Chris? Yeah. Um, I am not that big of a team Tim Means fan, but the thing is I'm less of a Nico Price fan. So I think where that leaves me is um, I'm picking Means here. I just, I just think that uh, Nico Price – um, just puts himself on the back foot way too often. He um, he just always looks for that counter shot, uh, kind of the, like the one he got against um, uh, the model, who was uh, Alan Joban. Um, but I think that Means can use his length and um, is a good enough pressure fighter and has good enough footwork to where he's not just going to uh, catch Tim Means with a counter. And Means is a good enough grappler um, to where I, I don't think – that um, um, Nico Price is going to be able to um, take over the fight that way, even if he does go to the ground. Nico Price likes to make weird decisions uh, when he's on the ground, like trying to flip over Randy Brown when he had his back. Um, I, overall, I just don't think Nico Price is really a, a, a well-put-together fighter, and I, I don't really think he has a, a plan as such when he goes in there. And I think Tim Means, I, I think I know how he's going to try to win this fight. I think he know. I know how he's going to approach it, and I think eventually he gets it done. So I'm going with Means here. Nope. Yeah, so one one area where I disagree is I think Means is the far more technical striker. Um, oh, Nico, I agree there. Yeah, that's Nico, what I said. I think that's what I said. Oh, no, I was. I thought I thought Sean had said that, Pri that Nico Price no, was a better striker. No, Price has got more power. Okay, that I agree with. So Price also absorbs twice as many strikes as he takes, as he, hit, as he offers. Um, I can see Means piecing him up here. I think um, – He's got enough takedown defense to prohibit it, the fight from getting to the ground. And if it does, I think he's got enough to get back up and to hold his own. Um, I think the last fight, Price's Randy Brown, is something I doubt we'll ever see again, which is essentially a KO from the bottom, um, you know, uh, which was very entertaining. I My big question here is absent a finish, 
does Tim Means score enough points to make him worth a play? And that's that's where I'm very hesitant. I like Means to win the fight. If I was betting on the fight, I would bet on Means. I don't think I am betting on the fight. Um, I do expect Price to be more popular on DraftKings because while his floor might be lower, I think his ceiling is higher. I don't see Price winning a decision here. If it goes to the decision, I see Means winning. Um, I see Price winning by by catching means with something and winning by knockout, which makes his ceiling higher, um, but his floor much lower. So I'm going to pick means, but I think price might be the better DK play, especially in GPPs for his ceiling. So if you're going to play Tim Means in GPPs, I would advise you having some shares of Nico Price. All right. Call me an event time, and it's one where this is probably my – before I started listening to other people, I thought I was going to be against the grain here, but I think I'm a little more popular than I initially thought. Curtis Melender's 8,200. Elizio Zaleski Dos Santos is 8,000. About to pick a Melender minus 110. Zaleski Dos Santos plus 100. A lot of people are high on Melender. I see problems in his game. He has the tall man defense, and against a guy like Zaleski who presses forward, I'm worried he's going to back straight up and get knocked out. He also is completely lost on the ground. C.R. Bahadurzada took him down when he was basically out on his feet. Zaleski doesn't finish a lot of takedowns. I think he has it in his game. He's well-rounded. He's aggressive. Melender live to a knockout, but I like Zaleski quite a bit here, especially at 8,000. Joe? I think this is a perfect stylistic matchup for Curtis Melender. Um, Really? As as much as I love Zaleski as a fighter – um, his, his kryptonite is, is takedowns. And uh, that is not something at least that, that Zaleski has shown. He's shown himself to be a stand-up striker. Yes, aggressive, but I don't think that Melander, his weakness is aggress is battling aggressive strikers. His weakness is that, you know, my, my, my daughter can put him on the ground. That is you don't Melander's think Zaleski's going to try that? Zaleski did take down Lyman good. Like, he I, can- I don't, you know, again, look, it would be against what he's done recently. Uh, I think, it. no, I would be, I'm worried enough that he might try that to have a lot of shares of both of these guys in DK. I think this is a great fight to target. I really do. Um, I, I My pick is going to be Melender just because I think the matchup is good, is a good one for him. Um, I'm assuming, I'm assuming that Seleski is not going to put his wrestling on and go for takedowns. Um, I'm assuming this is going to be a stand-up fight, and I could certainly see Melender getting the better of Zaleski standing up, which is why I'm picking Melender, although I am probably going to be close to equal-weighted here on DK. As a matter of fact, I can pretty honest, pretty much honestly say that based on what I've done so far is my top two fighters in lineups are Zaleski and Melender. <laughs> How about Chris? Yeah, I'm I'm going with uh, Melender, too. I, I think one of the big secrets about uh, Zaleski's game is that although he can fl- – he flurries, strikes forward, and if if you don't um, if you don't pressure him, he, he, he can lead. But if you pressure him, he's very, he's very content to just hang back and sort of play a counter-striking game. And I think that's what's going to happen here. I think Melender is going to be actively pressuring. And we've seen uh, Melender um, in recent fights – Really working on his range tools a lot more. Um, a better jab, a, a good, like, you know, that sort of oblique kick that uh, John Jones and uh, Jackson Wink fighters use. Um, I, I just think that um, if, if Zaleski's stuck out, like, if, if it's a fight where he's stuck at range with, with um, periodic periods of, periodic periods of, um, of, of just sort of rushing in and looking for the big blitz. I don't think that's going to be enough. I think Melender's going to control too much of the fight, and I think he hits hard enough and is a diverse enough striker that um, he can catch Zaleski and really hurt him. So I understand the the liability of the wrestling, and um, even even guys who don't wrestle, when they know it's enough of a liability, they switch to it. We've seen that in the past. So you can't totally discount that, so I won't be discounting it either. But as far as the pick, I'm going with Melender. All right, main event time. Junior Dos Santos, 9,400, taking on Derek Lewis at 6,800. See the line of that currently. Dos Santos, minus 200. Come back on Lewis, plus 185. Uh, Jill in chat earlier said she didn't understand why Lewis wasn't favored. Look, Lewis is a fun guy. 
good personality, popular. Wait, wait, who said that? that? Some, who said somebody that? in chat, uh, okay. Jill. I think a, a new viewer. And, okay. and look, he's popular, but JDS, if you're new to MMA, he is a former champion. He is an animal. Just all around better fighter. It's, it's, is he shot? He's old. I don't think he's shot. Maybe he's a little more patient. Technical boxing going to piece up Derek Lewis. The problem is Derek Lewis does have big power. Derek Lewis could be losing this fight until he wins it, same as he did against Alexander Volkov. I will have a lot more Junior Dos Santos. I see people talking down off this fight. It makes me actually want more Junior Dos Santos because there are enough there are enough underdogs I like to pay up for him in that range. I like JDS. I think he wins here. I like Derek Lewis. I can't endorse it here, though. So give me JDS. Chris. Yeah, um... Look, we, I talked a little bit about JDS, and, and we know that um, if you can strategically pressure him and get him back to the fence, um, you can land a shot and knock him out. Um, I mean, even um, how Tai Tuavasa was close to doing that in their fight. But um, I, I think the problem is that um, Derek Lewis isn't anything like a, a consistent uh, pressure fighter. Um, I think that um, – uh, uh, JDS is just gonna is just gonna um, pressure him and 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 probably piece him up. I I expect him to hurt him to the body. We we've seen him hurt to the body in fights before. Um, uh, in the Travis Brown fight, in uh, the the uh, Volkov fight, and um, uh, JDS has you know a great straight to the body, great jab to the body. I can see him just doing work in there, as you said. And of course, he's got enough power to finish the fight anytime, but he's not. Enough of a guy who's going to come in there with a game plan to trap him against the fence and try to land his shots to where I can pick him to try to execute a game plan. So in lieu of that, I'm going to go with the way more technical striker um, to piece him up and maybe get a late finish. Joe. Yeah. So if if anybody out there is by a computer and they want to Google puncher's chance, you will see a photograph of Derek Lewis that will come up. Um, I think that Junior Dos Santos has proven that he can fight a smart fight um, and just just work Lewis over the course of five rounds. I am not sure that it is going to be a high-scoring fight. Um, you know, obviously, Lewis is all about ceiling and not floor because his ceiling is he catches JDS with that one punch. We saw Overeem do it. I actually was – that was like my first UFC event that I ever attended was in Orlando and uh, Overeem just, just decimated Junior Dos Santos with, with, with the knockout in that fight. Um, so look, it can happen. I just think that JDS is a smarter fighter who's shown he can go five rounds. He has the cardio. Um, Lewis admittedly only trains between 30 and 60 minutes per day. That's, that's the truth. Um, so five rounds, he's got to be dreading. Um, I could see him just, and he's, he's got, historically has had back issues. Um, I could certainly see him just like calling it a night if he's not going anywhere after the course of three rounds, once you get into those championship rounds. So I'm going to pick JDS. I like him a fair bit here. My only concern is, is scoring. I mean, I, I want to think that he's relatively safe in cash. I just don't know about GPPs. All right, guys, it is time for hot takes. Anybody listening, if you got them, if you're live in chat, type one up. I'll read one on the air. Um, we'll do the viewers one last. My hot take, Ben Rothwell gets a finish in his first, first fight in three years. Okay, well, I, since, I was, since I was actually going to do something very similar to that, I actually bet Ben Rothwell, by submission, 10-fingered go-go choke, in case you're wondering, <laughs> at plus 475. So I took that bet. I only put 50 bucks on it. Um, but I hedged that by playing Sean's bet. Um, ben Rothwell wins inside the distance. Um, so I've got two bets out there. Um, ben Rothwell by submission at plus 475. And Beth Warren, Ben Rothwell inside the distance plus 215. Chris, give us a hot take. All right. Um, I, th I think my, my main goal this week is to, is to make auto scream. So I'm going to say that uh, uh, Rocco Martin uh, knocked out the rice. All right, and he's, his auto's the only one who gave us one. He says, so the viewer hot take is from Automatic23. Dawson outscores everyone. 
Wow. Highest score on the slate. Well, by, by the way, you know what? I want to be Otto. I want to like live vicarious. I mean, here's a guy. He, I, I, I can't tell any of everybody what he does because he, he maybe doesn't want people to know. But here's a guy that has the ability to travel and go watch fights. And he went to Australia um, to watch Whitaker. Unfortunately, that didn't work out too well. He was in Vegas last week for the fights in Vegas. So, you know, he's a guy that I want to be. I mean, I want to definitely meet up with Otto. Um, Otto, if you if you were there on Wednesday and you didn't let me know, I'm going to be upset. Yeah, no, he, yeah, he was, I know he was out there for the fights. And I think he's um, moving to the New York area. So we'll have to, uh, oh, we'll, have nice. to we'll, have, we'll have to work something out with Otto. We, we, we got to have another Tri-State viewing party that hopefully Chris can, can make it to. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm not convinced that Chris is actually allowed out of his house. No, so yeah, I, no. I, well, I, I, they keep me locked in the basement. Or do you do you even drive, Chris? Do you have a driver's yeah. license? Uh, no, but that's ruthless. Thing. Oh, okay. wait, wait, you're, you're not serious, are you? That's you know what? Wait, wait, no. wait. This is oh. a, this is this is a good cliffhanger. No, no, let's just say yes, and we'll talk about it next week on Friday Q. <laughs> Guys, that's what we got for you. Good luck in your contest. We'll see you next week. Take care.